0: It, and therein lies the problem of their own. So they say things like "they're on," but they're
1: wrong, Charlies. They're wrong, and hence this song.
2: We are taking you through a film-by-film journey through the career of Charlize Theron. My name is Robin Hitchcock, and with me as always are Bob Shields. Hello. And Regina Connolly, Hello. this week we have a very special guest, one Tracy McNeil. What's going on, y'all? Friend of the show, in from out of town. I literally met her five minutes ago. We're Twitter friends, but this is our first encounter in real life. So
3: tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm in from out of town from Florida. Thank you, Nor'easter, that almost threw off my flight. Um, however, always and forever represent New York and am fired up to be a part of the Ronathon today. Ah, I'm we are stoked. fired
0: up to have you. Yeah. I think you are our official number one fan.
3: Oh, dudes, can I tell you in your previous episode when you were like, Sorry, my love, my husband, <laughs> you are no longer number one friend? I was like, That's right.
1: <laughs> um, Although Lainey's mom, Might also want to fight you for it.
0: So this week's movie was the 2005. Five. I thought it was that North Country, Academy Award nominated but not winner. Correct.
2: This is Charlize Theron's second Academy Award nomination for Best Actress, which is why we're doing it the week after the Oscars. That's right. We are recording this the day before the Oscars. And three people who were nominated for Oscars this year are in this movie. Frances McDormand, soon to be two-time Best Actress winner, <laughs> uh, Richard Jenkins, and Woody Harrelson.
1: What did she... What did uh, Frances McDormand win for? Fargo. Fargo. That's what Fargo. I thought. Yes. I was sure.
3: You betcha.
1: Also, did you know she's from Pittsburgh? No! She's from Manesson, apparently. So how she's, have I gone this far in life not knowing I that. don't know. <laughs> also, how come her and Jeff Goldblum and Michael Keaton don't just, like, hang? Oh my god. We, we gotta, gotta go l- to One Side
2: Reviews before we go too far down this rabbit okay, hole. Okay, okay. <laughs> you are correct. Oh. B but... Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: huh.
1: I, yeah. So we've got yeah. two sides yeah. going on here. Yeah. This well, movie got me fired up. I openly wept through this movie. Yeah. I think I felt about this movie the way that you felt about The Road. I oh, was like, really? I Whoa. can't. It
3: was so depressing well, to me. Well, Let hold me- on. Before we go any further... Regina, what time of day did you watch oh. this film? <laughs> <laughs> it was not
1: a Saturday morning. It was a, a
3: midweek evening watch. Yeah.
1: So um, the worst
3: did you, time.
2: Did you know that it had a happy ending? Happy, in quotation marks. I
1: have notes about the ending, which okay. I'll okay to. Yeah. All
2: right. Because I feel like one thing that made me enjoy this movie was... the The plot generally is about a woman in the iron mining industry facing sexual harassment... And it's based on a true story of the first class action sexual harassment case. And so you see just incredibly brutal sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. But knowing that ultimately she gets her day in court
3: and modestly prevails made it... So just Mm -hmm. even before you go down that rabbit hole, like, like you said... Knowingly, so watching this movie after when we start with the opening scene of her getting beaten by her her husband, yeah, uh, this is pre credits, mind you. Yes, um, right. I immediately went, yo, I think this shit is based on a real story. I'm gonna have to Google this before I go any further because I just need to know how much I need to shield my emotions. That's smart. Right. Well, so
1: here's the thing about that. So in the opening sequence, you see Charlize Theron at home with her kids, and you see a truck coming up, and she's like, "Get upstairs," and she. Yeah, so you know that something's gonna happen, but they don't actually show the violence they later cut to her on the floor bleeding, looking, bleeding and then really like washing,
3: bleeding.
1: and then like washing her face. And I was like, oh, like what an interesting like beginning to the movie that they're not going like straight into it. But then that's the only time they decide to not show you that because later you will see you will witness a rape at length. That they don't just, like, talk about, but they, like, show you it actually happening. Of a child. Uh, Like, she's a A teenager. teenager. And so I feel like the opening sets you up to think that the movie's going to handle topics in a certain way, and then it chooses not to do that for the rest of the time.
2: That's a really interesting point. And you're right. Like, she doesn't get any justice for her rape. I I mean, I think that, in a way... I, I
1: don't know. I felt empowered by this movie. Which maybe I is should we, a wait, should we reaction?
3: do the like mini synopsis? Yeah, sure.
1: So the movie starts with that domestic violence moment and then Charlie's there and takes her two kids and drives back to her parents' house. In northern Minnesota. In northern Minnesota, the north country of the Bob Dylan song. Uh you will hear Bob Dylan throughout as a soundtrack. I
3: literally had a note that I was like, north of what? tell me google and they were like Minnesota i was like okay thanks
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she moves back in with her parents and you learn that she has two kids by two different fathers and the town is sort of like oh that lady and she's and she had her older son when she was in
3: high school right so she was a disappointment to her father who works and in the mine and it's very well known in the town it's sort of like oh how did these nice people have such this fast disappointing girl right. yes
1: then she runs into her old friend Glory, played by Frances McDormand, who's like, hey, I work at the mine and I make the same kind of money your dad does because she's currently- Her dad also works at the mine. Because yeah. when she
3: runs away from her abusive husband, she runs home to her parents and she's like washing hair and they're like, you got to be a grown up or go home and get beat by your man. Yeah, they're very much yeah. like- And are- also
2: super victim blaming. Yes. yes. Like oh, her yeah. father
3: sort of like, were you sleeping around? Is that why
1: he did it? Glory sort of talks her into working at the mine. The mine is incredibly full of sexual harassment which we'll get into in detail and glory uh also has lou gehrig's disease we find out but she through this job is able to have financial independence and buy a house and take care of her kids but the town treats her kids like shit the men uh treat her like shit at the
3: mine and then ultimately she decides but the town specifically treats her kids poorly because the whole mantra is because we're like in like 1989 89. 89, 88 styles is because You're taking good jobs away from men. Mm-hmm. Right. So the idea is like your slutty mom is taking a man's job and like this has been like internalized by her like teenage kid as well. Yes. So, and he's like getting treated bad on his like hockey team and like. Yeah, right. like
1: everyone is pretty much against it and most of the women who work together have like a bond throughout it. Um, they show a variety of different like interactions with like the men and the women and the women's response to it. Frances McDormand is right from the start. She's like, you got to be tough. You got to have rhino skin.
3: More importantly, she's a union rep. Yeah. So she's like, we're going to work within the system. We we, we understand we got to take some BS, but also let's use the system to protect us as much as it can. Right, right. Uh, Michelle Monaghan is in this movie, allegedly playing a 19 year old.
1: I laughed out loud <laughs> when they said that she was 19. She was 30 when they made this yeah, movie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We'll talk about all the things but that she happened. She was to obviously
3: them. 19 because she had feathered
1: hair. Of doesn't course. Isn't that, that course. what that means? <laughs> she ultimately is assaulted. At the mine and quits. Well, first she tries to speak to the the mine owner. Charlie Stain. Charlie Theron thinks that she, if she speaks to the owner and he knows what's going on, that he'll look out for her. So she goes to the boss and the boss humiliates her and is like, "No, like we'll allow you to quit now if you want." But the, the the owner of the mine does not care about any of the things that she's bringing to him. So she decides that she wants to sue. No one else will join in with her or back her up. A lot of the women are like, "We need this job. You're fucking it up for everyone by doing this." There and is-
3: just to be clear, the first part of the suit is not like a real suit. It's just whether or not we can have a suit at all. Yes, which is part of the reason I'm glad that Tracy is our
1: guest because she is a lawyer. For real, for real lawyer, not like me. (laughs) (laughs) So we can get into some of the courtroom stuff. Uh, Woody Harrelson is her lawyer because this movie is littered with people you didn't expect to be in it. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Uh, Jeremy Renner. Renner. Amber Heard as Teen Charlize which is incredibly good casting. (laughs) Just ridiculous. During the trial, at some point there's a union meeting and Charlize goes there to sort of be like, hey, I'm not trying to fuck with the union. I just want a job and to be treated like a person and everyone is yelling at her and her father finally is like that's my daughter don't treat my daughter the way you've treated her i and got
3: some thoughts about that yeah. i
1: yeah. also have some thoughts what, about what that. a scene okay and then uh ultimately we go back to the courtroom and then we learn that charlie as a child was raped by her teacher and there's a man on the stand who breaks because of a sports metaphor being yelled at him oh and god he, that was the worst part of the movie and he admits that he knew that she was being
3: raped the thing is is that the guy that is ultimately her savior is is her major tormentor and the guy her who assaulted, assaulted her at the so it's like Correct.
1: her high school friend. And boyfriend And boyfriend Yeah and, Played by Jeremy Renner In the courtroom They hear all this And then it's sort of like The Norma Ray moment Where everyone stands up And like supports but, her But yeah, first Yeah oh, or
0: Captain My Captain Frances style.
1: McDormand Who has literally lost her voice Has her husband speak for her To say that he stand That she stands with her And then other people stand up And they all stand up And then we don't see Any more of the trial But we learn that they won The class action lawsuit Via title card They got a modest amount Of yeah, remuneration I what that is But too. they uh, A sexual harassment policy Was put in place In the mine And sort of around the country i really i'm trying not to talk about the ending but I'm, I'm just gonna do it i'm sorry the movie ends with charlize theron literally handing the wheel of her car over to a young man and i was kind of like that's the ending metaphor image that we're gonna go with as her being like i did all this come young boy drive us off into the sunset why was that the thing but that's how the movie ends and now we can get into specifics
2: <laughs> that's interesting i wouldn't have thought of it that yeah. Metaphorically. Me I, I, I just more said, thought it was about her repairing her relationship with him as a mother.
3: Because part you know, we talked about the right but part of the thing is like it becomes very clear when, you know, because they get to ask her about a previous sexual history in court and it comes out, you know, they're like, so who's the father of your eldest child? And it turns out she like tells this horrible rape story about like her teacher in high school, in the high school classroom horrible, horrible rape. We see him having to grapple with, like, everyone just thought she was fast and no, she obviously had never said that she was raped. So even, Mm -hmm. like, her parents are shocked. The town is shocked. You know, she was like, the only reason I kept this a secret was because I loved you so much, kid. And I didn't want you to have this stigma.
2: So first of all, we talked in our midpoint episode about how we haven't seen Charlize as a mother. That's true. And this is one where she clearly, that's clearly part of her character. And I loved the sort of anti-Gilmore girls-ness of her relationship with her son, where he acts like a real teenager. Yes. He's a shithead. Yes. And and they have a relationship that parents have with their teenagers, where it's like a mutual parent hatred uh love hatred but you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. he is embarrassed by her and it's not just because she's like this town pariah like normal teenage embarrassment with of your parents yeah and she is
3: frustrated with him and i just felt really real. I, I yeah. felt like he was the representation of town shame even in her own home. Yes. Yeah. I also
1: felt like it was the representation of the sexual harassment in the mine didn't come isolated. It came as part of a community and right. the ramifications right. spread out beyond the incidents into the workplace and into everyone's day to day life. I do want to get back to Tracy's like let's talk about some specifics. Yeah. Let's so like, go it things
2: that happen. starts out with like just like using the C word and like saying inappropriate things and then like escalating relates to sex stuff really
1: quickly, like there's a dildo in her lunchbox. It starts with her having a vaginal exam before oh, she's allowed great. to have the job. Yeah. Because the movie opens with she's already in the courtroom and it's cutting back and forth between the courtroom and the past and it quickly drops that until the end. Yeah. But the lawyer for the opposing side is for the is, 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 is the, the grilling defense. her. And she as Charlie sure. says to her, she's like, before you got to be a lawyer, did they like go up in your vagina?
3: Essentially Right So it's one of these things where she gets examined and the doctor's like, Oh you're not pregnant and she's like, I told do that Mm -hmm. and it was sort of like yeah well that's not good enough and Mm -hmm. then also
2: the lawyer says uh well you uh, agreed to submit to the exam and shirley says that's right i submitted
3: yeah i loved it it. and they do a very good job of showing like a private moment between like evil coal miner owner Mm -hmm. and his like i hired you obviously super competent attorney because you're a woman yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, she sort of pushes back against that. And he's like, see, a man wouldn't have a problem with me, like making that kind of comment. So it's sort of like, you know. Pervasive through all levels Right yes. Like you know Even though she's like For the enemy It's like well You know you have to deal with this Yeah Sort of b- BS too yeah. you know?
1: And I did appreciate I mean this movie was all About white Minnesotans But I did appreciate That it was like About uh, working class issues Because I feel like A lot of sexual harassment stuff That I have seen Has been predominantly Professional cla- Or white collar uh-huh. Related So I was like So this was a different Aspect of it And the movie sort of opens With like you think You're tough in your life Like you have no idea What I did Both like work wise In the mind And what I put up with I also mm-hmm.
2: really appreciated That they they acknowledge Anita Hill.
1: Like, they yes! they do
2: it in a really clever way where, so it's like on, it's like on the screens in the background and Shirley's specifically says like to her mom, have you been watching this? Mm-hmm. So they clearly acknowledge that that was something that changed the national conversation on an individual level. Yeah. And I, I just really, I thought it was it could have seemed clunky. I sort of compare it to the end of I, Tanya versus the end of The Post. I haven't seen it. I haven't, I haven't seen yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, it seemed
0: elegant. So uh, can I get a refresher? I don't know who Anita Hill is. Oh. All
2: British people.
3: Um, So you know who <laughs> Clarence Thomas is? No. So Clarence Thomas is the only black person on the Supreme Court, okay. and there was a huge thing because one, he was nominated by George. Uh, my favorite is the way the Saudi prince calls him George the uh, First, <laughs> <laughs> George H. W. <laughs> gotcha. George the First, and Ooh, to replace Thurgood Marshall, who was the previous only black right. person. And on the, the court. big issue gotcha. with him is like, do the liberals get behind him because he's a black guy, and the conservatives get behind him because he's conservative? And everyone's like, we're uncomfortable. And then this female. I don't know. If she was a professor at the time. I think she was mm-hmm. attorney uh, Anita Hill, and she comes forward and says, "When I was his subordinate, he sexually harassed me." But the big one of the big thing is putting a pubic hair on her Coke can. Mm-hmm. that was the thing that like what? everybody knew
1: about that yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> and he did all sorts of things what is unbeknownst and which is why everyone loves Uncle Joe Biden but I got feelings about him is that there were a number of other women who also stated we were sexually harassed by him as well no one would let them testify mm-hmm. so it made le- it really made it seem like she was this was an isolated incident yep. right. it is her versus him and what is it you're either slutty or crazy and yes. they sluts or nuts sluts or nuts <laughs> right. um, and that's what how they Really present Anita Hill mm-hmm. Good to know And also like contextualize it In terms of like Because I don't know what Northern Minnesota's fashions are I was like Is that 1982 Or is that 1978 yeah. Or is that 19-? So just to even have it On the yeah. TV Really sort of makes it like Oh okay it's I now just know 80s now. when yeah. in American history This is yeah. happening So
1: uh dildo in the lunchbox graphic graffiti uh graffiti made with
3: the feces yep and then it escalates to like i'm gonna put my hand in your shirt pocket so i can feel up your chest while looking
1: for a cigarette right i'm
3: going to knock over the porta potty that you're in that was the scariest
0: scene i've seen in a
2: movie in a long
3: time
0: all of the examples of sexual harassment in this are all real Yes. Uh, so they're taken direct. so the porty body thing really happened
1: the scariest thing for me was at some point uh, Jeremy Renner was like hey we've been really hard on you Charlize like if you just do this job like we're we're gonna be nice with you we trust you like there's something wrong with this chute can you just go up there and clear the chute and it's this enormous thing and she has to walk all the way to the top and then he basically <laughs> radios and he's like have it running because there's nothing wrong with it and so she's exhausted she's at the top of it and he has followed her up there and corners her at the top and you can see like the fall down into the pit and he's basically Like, if you fell down there and died, no one would know. You get
2: covered in five tons of what attack at night is that what yeah
1: and, and she's very alone and he's basically like why don't we make out and he's like cornered her at the edge of like you know those like chain ropes when you she say could cornered over. he's
3: like actually leaning his whole body yes. into her yes. it's not even one of those things where it's like awkward at the bar and you're like cornered no he's like pushing his pelvis and body into her and pushing her over, like, over. a
1: ledge into Genuinely a corner threatening her life yeah. and is like you know if you make out with me we'll be nicer and she says no and he's like I'm not doing anything wrong Like what's like I'm a nice guy Or something He's he's basically Defending himself As she like leaves And is crying And then I thought that scene Was so I thought that scene Was more upsetting Than the assault later When he was choking her For some reason I don't know It It was all very upsetting (laughs) That's why this movie Made me weep throughout it In
2: light of the examples Ebert or Mebert. In the early scenes I found myself thinking It couldn't possibly Have been this bad But by the end I realized It is often Probably
1: much worse Ebert Ebert. I'm going Ebert.
2: It's a i Wow. Ah, ah, swept
1: the deck. Nice. Yes. But reality. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's how I felt. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why, like... I found it so upsetting to watch just because I was like, oh yeah, I believe that this is still happening. I think that this is very pervasive and I actually felt like the movie leaned into things that it would think that were more shocking to me. Like when you see teenage Charlize being raped and her face uh, being like pressed up against the glass, I was like, in some ways that was less upsetting than when Michelle Monaghan like opened her locker and there's just semen on her stuff because a dude came into her locker and masturbated into it. I could not stop thinking about what they used for prop semen. It was just the, like the cat, I you going to tell us what it was yeah. <laughs> I, I just what I, I
0: need from <laughs> when, uh, right. I use cornstarch and vanilla extract She is a, a
1: sketch comedian yeah. so. But I just I found also like the scene where she's talking to the The boss and his casual like I made you take a day off of work I made you drive all the way into the city I made you come into this conference room Like I respect you And then I'm going to humiliate you in front of all these other people And tell you that you're able to quit Like the casual ease with which they yeah. do that I found more and gutting Everyone
0: played along with it So instead <gasps> So this,
3: I think that point really speaks to like what actually happened in real life. Mm-hmm. They She complained to the EEOC and they fined the mine $6,000 in punitive damages. Mm. Which is nothing. This is the actual case. This is before court. Okay. She like complained to the regulatory body. So $6,000 and then $5,000 for emotional anguish. And the coal company was like, F that. We're just not paying because we think it's ridiculous. Then things got worse. Yeah, because it was like you're a wreck. Retaliation. Right. Right. And
1: that's what, in the movie, they show, like, that's when they escalate. They don't just write the C word in Sharpie. That's when they, like, basically cover their entire locker room with poop. And the women are mad at her because they're like, we need this job
3: and you've made it worse for us. So they do, yeah, they do a really good job of showing, like, the rock and the hard place between where the other women are. Where Charlize is like, we shouldn't take this. And they're like, you're stirring up trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Like we right. just we just need to figure out a way to deal with this. And
1: also that, that no one is at that job necessarily because they want to. They're all like, this is this we, is our
2: livelihood, this is and if the you way mess that with you this, can make money in this town, and we need money.
3: Yes, I definitely had a feel of like old school mine company in Appalachia owns the town where yeah. they like own the store, like very matron, right? Yeah. Where it was <laughs> like, but instead of it being like the entire union, it's just like just you girls, right? Like, and and it's sort of like. We are a company town. You don't mess with the company. Right. I, yeah,
1: I just, I wish that in some ways, like, I think they did a good job of showing a variety of, like, the the women's reactions, but I did want a few more middle-of-the-road people because they- More like Corey Stoll's character. character, Another person you wouldn't expect to see in this movie. Is that the guy from Salt? Salt. Yes. yes. Yeah. Cool. Because like he is one who's like sort of it on Charlie's parts. side, and then because uh, she comes out of or the powder room, uh, and she's like, "Jeremy Renner just assaulted me." Powder
2: room, not a restroom.
1: It's like full of I don't know dust. some
2: sort of yeah cold place. Yeah.
1: And Jeremy <laughs> Renner's like, "No, I didn't." And basically, did that's very Charlie's Dennis. By the way, is is not when
2: Jeremy Renner assaults her. He literally grabs her by the pussy and chokes her. So she like crying and he just goes to lunch and she walks into the cafeteria with the like marks
3: she still is on her clearly face. clearly like she has marks of rocks embedded Very in her Very good face. makeup work
2: yeah. and she says he attacked me and I feel like the, the power of Charlize's performance throughout this movie is that she it's not like like you know I, I got all like fired up by this but she doesn't seem like an exceptionally strong woman. They're right. not like, finally, so it's not like Norma Ray, right. right? It's as much as I don't want to diss Norma Ray, great movie. It's not like this is, this woman is exceptional and she stood up to them. It's like she is low status as she asks for better treatment every mm-hmm. time. And that rang really true to me. And so she sounds so, I, I hate to say it. She sounds weak when she says he attacked me. And you realize though that that took incredible strength. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that was my Charlie Zenith. But then Corey Stoll, the like,
0: good guy who's come to their defense a few times, is like, no. Well, he's like, did you lay hands on her? And he says no. And he's like, well, there's nothing like I can do. That. Right. Like, he he <laughs> gives up so easily. No,
3: it's not just no. He Jeremy Renner's like, are yeah. you calling me a liar? And yeah. really just makes it about... Whose side are you on? Right. It's not like you have to yes. make a decision. I'm making you pick between me and her, which is and like.
0: The, and the other guy there sat was like, he was with me the whole time. Right. So, yeah. like, there's this corroboration. He's like, well, I can't. Like, he, we're both outnumbered, and I have nothing to go on.
1: I think the movie made a deliberate choice in not being about. I mean, obviously, like, this is the woman who brought the suit, but I feel like it could have been about. A character like Frances McDormand played, where she's right. like, I'm playing within the system, but I'm also I'm tough enough, but I'm charming enough that I get what I want. But also, like the guys get along with me. Whereas with Charlize Theron, it was like there was no there was no camaraderie between her and the men at any point. Like she wasn't one of the guys. She wasn't really one of the. And gals she's not depicted either. as
2: tough as nails.
1: I thought Frances McDormand was so good in this. She's good in everything. It's true. And she, she
0: successfully said, fuck you, with a throat mic.
1: <laughs> so <affected>. badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when Charlize finds out that Frances McDormand has Lou Gehrig's disease, and she like is and Sean Bean comes out and they're having like a tender couples moment, so Charlie's is like, I'm gonna go into the bathroom and give you guys a second. Uh Frances McDormand turns to her and goes, like, you better come back smiling or I'm going to describe to you what's about to happen to my asshole. Like, as she degenerates. And I choose to believe that that was improvised. I choose to believe because I felt like the rest of the script was a, a little clunky at times. And I found that line so endearing. And I was yeah. like, Frances McDormand, I just want to be your
3: friend. Yeah, it did
2: make me happier about how she's about to become a two-time Oscar winner uh, because she is a treasure, even though I don't particularly like the movie she's about to win an Oscar for. Yeah,
0: She was the most entertaining person part of this movie yeah by far For sure. but one um, thing
2: that i did kind of regret with her casting is that like as we've said many times our girl Charlize can't do accents and <laughs> yeah. she there are periodic scenes where she tries to sound like she's from minnesota and they invited the the woman who defined the minnesotan accent in <laughs> our consciousness yeah. yep. to be a supporting character
0: yeah, the preamble to this movie, like after a, like leaving her husband and everything, that that my Charlie Zenith comes at the apex of that where she's like spending time with Frances McDormand and that whole section, like that first one mm. quarter of the movie, I, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. Like it's bleak, but I'm like, I'm having a good time before it devolved into hideousness. But there was one point where um, they're talking, and uh, she's like, she makes a reference like, you got to tell him he likes some weird sex thing," and he's like, "How about I just t- tell people he beats his wife?" <laughs> oh
3: right, right, right. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I was like, that, "That's that's my Charlie's answer." I was like, "Yep, that would that should do it." Yep, but, yeah. Uh,
1: My Charlie Zenith is when she's in the basement talking to her dad because because the dad is very much like like Richard Jenkins. You should not be working there and she is down there basically like defending her choice of doing it and like why she needs to do it. She says something where I was just like, ugh, it's very painful. She was just like, I want to work just the same as you. And he was like, do you think you're the same as me? And she's like, no, because when I go into work, like I'm worried, like you never have to think, am I going to get raped today? Right, And, and, And he like just kind of like shakes it off with the way she's sort of like, you have no idea what it's like for me all the
3: time. And also, it's not even you don't know. You're mm-hmm. not even trying to know. Mm-hmm. You're not even trying to see. I have a lot of issues with the gender dynamics of this, not because this is about sexual harassment, but this movie in and of itself, how it's written. And that's one of the reasons is that uh, you have this scene and then shortly thereafter, there's a scene between Sissy Spacek and him, which who plays her mother. And basically, like, kind of being like, give her a break. And he's like, she's always been a disappointment. And she's like, she got pregnant. She didn't rob a bank. Mm-hmm. And what happens is he's sort of like, oh, well, kind of like, my daughter still sucks. And what has to happen is Sissy Spacek leaves. Mm-hmm. She leaves the house and is like, I need a hotel room. Like, basically, like... You're ugly. But it's not even said. She, like, leaves him a sandwich and a note, pieces out. And then that night is the night that Dad has the power to go into the union meeting and support his daughter. And I'm like, I'm into that... Um, into daddies being there for their daughters I'm just sad that you lost your sandwich maker and that's what sort of spurned oh, you to wow. maybe have this consciousness yeah. moment
1: I'm also sad that your speech is the only reason you shouldn't treat her this way is, is she- she's my daughter John Mayer style <laughs> I, like I felt like it's based on a true story but I felt like this movie was like the reason that Charlize deserves not to be treated this way is she's the victim of domestic violence she's a rape victim I she did not needs- feel the movie had that position. I I felt like the movie kept going for the the pity button and it's like they they reveal the rape and then all of a sudden everyone's on her side and also the father's speech being like you guys don't well like when you bring your wives and daughter to the cotillion or like the luncheon you don't talk to them like that but like doing it at work like that's not okay and I'm not saying that that's not a valid like obviously you should want people to treat your family members well but I I just I found that I think depicting people coming (laughs) around to
2: understanding you shouldn't be an asshole doesn't necessarily mean that that they're saying that's the only way to have those, to, the only, it's, I don't think it's saying that the only way that you could feel sympathetic to women is if you realize that they've, specifically been victimized by rape or you realize that they're related to you but just to
3: go back to the dad speech you were
2: saying sorry so he
0: he i think the, the part of the, the part of that scene that's important to me is that he's able to when his mind is changed he's then able to take her frame of reference mm-hmm. uh and her story and whatever she's going through and put it to them in a way that they are able to understand and sympathize with yes and realize that what they're doing is in any way bad, because I don't I, think he was talking to us, the viewer. No, right. no. he's talking to his, the audience in that room.
1: I, I, I think I didn't make my point uh, clearly. Is not that I think that that those like I, I agree with you guys about that. The thing that breaks my heart. Is that that feels necessary for the people in that room? Mm. And I'm sort of like, I would just like a woman who doesn't have a father and maybe is a shitty person to still not have to put up with that. Like I I just you know how like sometimes for like these types of lawsuits, they feel like they have to find the perfect plaintiff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand the efficacy of that, but it makes me sad that you have to be X, Y, and Z in order to get decency on on a larger scale. I
3: just don't think it was a failing of the film. I actually do. And the reason why I think that is, I think you're right in the sense of like, she wasn't a woman that had two children and chose to have two kids. Okay, so Charlize Theron's character is a teenage rape victim that nobody knows is a teenage rape victim. Right. Mm-hmm. She's presented as a fast woman who's had children with two different men. Mm-hmm. And part of her redemption comes is she's not a fast woman. Right. She's oh. this rape victim. Exactly. She's a yeah. great so, mom. So she's just, she's a girl who we all misunderstood her story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now this is why she's a... a now she
0: deserves... Now she deserves yeah. justice in a way. interesting.
3: And yeah. my issue is that her redemption comes through like she chooses to start this case but it first comes with daddy turning around yep it second comes with like woody harrelson being her attorney but not less so but the the two things that i really sort of stood out where i was like ah, oh, this dog don't hunt is one jeremy renner being the primary harasser at the plant who sees her being raped as a teenager and mm-hmm. runs away? Running away as a teenager, you're scared, that's fine. Never coming forward, you're scared, that's fine. Being a fucked up dick as an adult, not cool, but you get to have redemption to be like, I validate this rape. Right. And now, 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 because I'm saying that Charlize Theron is not a liar. I've now had a redemptive arc, not only for myself, but to save Charlize.
1: I also felt like it bothered me like and again I'm not a lawyer so I, I was like are they even allowed to talk oh, about no. this rate? No, you, no,
3: girl, uh, nonsense yes. I was like Come on. I was like this seems wildly Please, inappropriate this is all pre-law and order where we know none of this shit is acceptable okay, thank was, thank so, you.
2: so funny to me by the way is there was a scene where Woody Harrelson I think when they start bringing up like who's the father of your child he goes I have so many objections I don't know where to start and I was like that is how I feel about every uh, I'm I've never practiced but just from what I know uh, as someone who works in the legal field and who went to law school like there's so many inappropriate things that happen in that courtroom I actually wrote
3: high melodrama in the courtroom scene like that's all <laughs> I could think when
2: Sean Bean is like hi I would like to introduce another plaintiff like in the middle of the proceeding and the judge is just like okay
1: so no I'm, we gotta
3: just set that on fire yeah
1: <laughs> but it bothered me that it was like the, the big like Charlize doesn't get to have like a big speech at the union hall her dad does and in the courtroom scene it's uh, Woody, Woody Harrelson and be Randall. like are you a man or not a man oh god I hate that Sports metaphor, sports metaphor, sports okay. metaphor, love, and then you
2: break. That's also completely inappropriate questioning. Like it, it, All and, it and that is a scene where the other attorney does not object. But who
3: cares? <laughs> my point is, is that this is Charlize's movie, and like the major heightened scenes yeah. are between two men. But, but then hold on, I just want to get like the last like gender thing that I want to set on fire with my mind, Firestarter, is <laughs> like the other issue she has is with her son. He Basically, after she reveals she was raped, she's like, I got to peace out of this courtroom. I know that this is inappropriate. She's like, but I got to get home to my son before he finds out that he's Mm -hmm. a product of rape. Obviously, son is, as a teenager or a human on planet Earth, very upset by this. And he goes to Sean Bean. Yeah. Who's Frances McDormand's very wonderful partner with one ball. And <laughs> Sean Bean is the one that's like, your mom's trying real hard. She's real good to you. Like, she's even though you treat her bad, you should love your mama. And she all, still
2: gets that conversation with her son. Which
3: is my Charlize Zena. Oh, okay. So, yeah. just sort of freaking back around. It's like, but it's like... He had to have another dude yeah. bring yeah. him to redemption to then to go home where Charlize has the most wonderful wobble. Try not to cry, but I'm going to tell you that so from good. this rape comes you and you were mine and you were not a product of rape you're a product of me and I was like yeah girl love your baby yes again it was like this movie was weirdly empowering to me
2: I hear what you guys were saying about like all the men got the big moments but like I said earlier I found so much power in Charlize taking a stand and still feeling weak
3: I that's the strength of that. And
2: to her speech to the Union Hall before her dad comes up and defends her honor or whatever. It was incredible to me because she didn't is, speak. She's standing up there and knows that she, everything that she says is going to completely wash through these guys and right. mean but nothing. But can, she I, still can I still challenge you on that? Yeah. Like,
3: the reason why I'm going to challenge you is that she actually doesn't say anything. She says, my name is I'm allowed to speak. I'm a member of the union. I'm a a member of the union. There's no three minute rule. There's no three minute rule. And says nothing about what actually happened. So no, she doesn't have a speech. I will give you, there is power in like having a power of going in front of a room full of whatever. But like, we all know if this was a Denzel movie, that would be Denzel's moment. This is Charlize's movie. Where is, even the, even her like courtroom, I'm telling about my rape. She doesn't testify I about the liked rape. That. No, I like it too. It's, it's, but where is her? They
2: show flashbacks with no words. Right. Uh, she would have testified, yes. But
3: it was so unusual to me that I was even like, "Does she actually testify to it, or is this like a flashback in her mind?" Like, I think that I was, they made it clear with the reactions. From the crowd, oh, I was I was unclear until okay. we had you know Norma Ray everyone stand. So this okay. that's my issue. Oh, I, I thought yeah, I also thought it was flashbacks.
2: I I do I it's like one of those things where it uh, I would never have thought of it from your perspective, but hearing it, I'm like okay, yeah, but I still think I'm right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Robin Hitchcock, story. I'm like the Robin Hitchcock story. <laughs> I, I say yeah. that like that is not also my autobiography. It is yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, like I just um like I don't think it's a bad movie, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I felt like. Like, one of the scenes that I liked the best where I was like, oh, like, I feel like I'm actually seeing this, like, from Charlize's perspective or seeing Charlize as a character and not a vehicle through which the story is told is the scene with the women where Michelle Monaghan is, like, trying to sell them cream. And the way that the conversation bounces back and forth from Charlize being like, guys, like, we should talk about this or what about this? And them not agreeing but also being like... Just hand me that cream. Like, the way that it was, like, let's skate over a topic, let's change the topic. Yeah, that felt very real. Felt very honest. And also that, like, they don't know each other very well, but they are coworkers, but also no one other than them has had their experience. But that doesn't mean they're reacting to the experience in the same way. Like, I was really interested... In moments like that. Me
3: too.
1: And the moment when they're earlier on when it's still in your Zenith uh yeah. smear, where it's like everything is sort of like tough but good, when mm. they're all at the bar together. The bar, again. the
3: bar scene is great. Yeah,
1: and there's a moment of Jeremy Renner on karaoke. karaoke Jeremy and I was like, Renner. yeah! And at that time in the movie, I still thought that maybe he wasn't the main villain, but he is. And like they're just like having a drink and having a good time. And I felt like later when Charlie says something about like I just want to have my job and just be able to like go get a drink afterwards and like live my life. Just like you. And I felt like having seen them have a semblance of that moment made that more important later. Right. But I just, on some levels, I felt like the movie was worried that men wouldn't watch it Yeah. if men didn't have the big speeches and that a lot of the extensive showing of the like how graphic the harassment was. I was like, I didn't. I didn't need to see that to know that that was true. It felt like like uh, your me, Bert, of being like, people might not have thought it was that bad, but for them to see it, it would show that. And uh, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a failing of the movie, but for me, like, maybe if I'd watched it a different time of day, it was hard for me to feel <laughs> empowered because even though I knew, like, some good had come of it and that in some ways, like, things have changed, there's part of me that's like... It just, it feels so crushing that that is a reality that people had to live through. And even though they were able to speak up and even though they were able to institute like nationwide change, I was just like, I'm just at the point of like, it just makes me so sad. Like similarly to how I like can't watch serial killer things usually because I'm like, that's how human beings die in this world. And that's a a terrible truth. And like fewer than a hundred human beings have been killed by
2: serial killers (laughs) in the last century and people are harassed every day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I just I just
1: found it really like when I watched Thelma and Louise for the first time. Oh God! I just cried so much yeah. at the end, and like I felt like this movie just like put me in a in a weird space where I was just kind of like I know it's meant to be hopeful and uplifting. I don't know if
2: it's meant to be as uplifting as I found
0: it. So I think you, your analogy at the very beginning, like this is your version of the road. I think you're right. This is the road of courtroom dramas, where it's just like this is a Sisyphean uphill battle mm-hmm. for as far as the eye can see and the relief you get is momentary at best uh, like small victories lead to something better and
3: just also just to say it truly is a sisyphusian task inside. Um, by the, the way we, i love how we're saying this word so confidently because uh, um, if somebody <laughs> yeah. asked me to say especially on mic okay i'm sorry no no worries is that like Part of the issue is the original case like started in like 82. The just whether or not there's a magic class ends in 88. The full court case goes from 1988. They don't get to the settlement until 1998. So like. And before that, she endured 13
0: years of harassment. Right and the mine.
3: Right, so like this, this makes definitely it, a condensed. Yes, the time feel like right. a week. Right, <laughs> and so so there's like so yes, there is ultimate vindication, but Jesus Christ, with these, so they ended yeah. up getting like three point five million dollars at for like between fifteen of them, and the plaintiffs are Charlize's character and um, Francis McDormand's character in real life.
1: I also think like this movie who
3: died before the settlement actually happened of course.
1: this movie tried to do so much in some ways like I was like domestic violence rape sexual harassment your best friend dying of blueberry disease or is that just life in
3: Minnesota <laughs> I was like if you live in
2: Minnesota your best friend gets it which maybe
3: makes the title perfect it is just North Country Uh, it's like two days
0: in the valley but this is 13 years in North Country so
1: much I also like there were some sort of like technical elements of this movie where I'm like this is 2005 it feels like a 1985 movie to me in some ways it looked and I don't think it was just the style but there was something about the storytelling that felt old fashioned and there was a moment where they're like playing like weird string guitar like I think like during like either the, the the rape the H- montage. Helicopter? Oh, yeah, yeah. They that. do it multiple times, <laughs> and montage. it goes for so long, and yeah. there's this weird, like, slow motion memory face from Charlize that's like, wah! Yeah, like this in the is beginning. the rape montage. It um, just had some, like, weird, like, uh, goofy TV movie-esque. Yeah, it had, it it. had uh, the burning
2: plane
0: score for about five minutes.
2: <laughs> so, uh, one thing I want to say is that I think I reacted to this movie differently because I watched it in the while I finished the Oscars death race, right? Like, I've spent the last three weeks watching
1: sad, serious movies.
2: (laughs) And, you know, like, one of the movies I watched was uh, The Insult, which is nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. And it is a very melodramatic courtroom movie that felt like a TV episode. And this seemed... I really enjoyed the insult, by the way, but this seemed
1: much more filmic. Well, for for me, I saw, I saw in a three day period Captain America, Winter Soldier, Black Panther, Ant-Man, and North Country. <laughs> so like, if you that, watch, that was a drop. Yeah, if you watch uh, The
2: Insult, Loveless, North Country. Loveless is a Russian movie about two parents who hate their teenage son and he goes missing and they're kind of like, shrug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh
1: my God. <laughs> this movie definitely would be more of a like,
3: Up arms listing. in the air. Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by
1: the way, I won the Oscars death race.
2: Congratulations, Thank you.
1: I thought, I thought all the performances were good. I... Don't, like, I love Charlize and I I wish her many Academy Awards. I don't necessarily think this is an Academy Award winning performance from her. I feel like I've seen yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm like I'm fine with that okay I thought this was a nominee for best picture and I was like really but then I saw it was just the performances and I was like that feels right yeah her
2: and yeah. Francis were nominated in almost all of the major awards and won
3: nothing I feel like which one feels of, appropriate that says feel appropriate yeah. 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 yeah
1: I feel like one of the best scenes in the movie the two like are Frances McDormand scenes like I really like yeah. the one that you mentioned mm-hmm. and I also really like the one where she's sitting outside and she's and Sean Bean has revealed her medical secret and she's talking to Charlize about it and and also, when she tries to go back to the union hall oh, to fix Jesus things, Christ. and the men are yeah. kind of like, "Yeah, we're done with you. Yeah. Like you're too sick to be here. Uh, you don't work And, also- and anymore. just so you like- know,
3: she like has a walker, and her feet won't even. She's basically yeah, like close. totally like like using her upper body to get herself there. Yeah.
2: So we need to get to some of our segments. Oh yes. So would this film be improved
1: by a prison riot?
0: I don't think so. A mine riot? I was just going to say, it really <laughs> could have
1: been improved by a mine riot. A lunchroom riot. I'll give a lunchroom riot. Yes, improved but it. I think no for prison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, unless her domestic violence piece of shit husband got like locked up and then there's just a bunch of people beating him up. I'd it's just, just like sidebar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that you like never even see his face. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> On the other side of the Justice Department. <laughs> and... Would Keanu Reeves have played in this film? I think it's a very obvious answer. Oh, and that I do is not. obviously Sean Bean should be replaced by. Oh. Keanu ah, I'm so excited I
3: burped. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so here's why. Firstly, Sean Bean gotta love him. I cannot do. He does an not sound accent. like he's American. Oh sure. no! Not At be all. I I renounce all British people doing American accents for the most part. What cements it for me is that speech where Charlize's son goes and talks to him after the, the rape montage as we're calling it now. Where he's like
3: gonna steal like Sean Bean makes uh, like fixes old watches or yeah, whatever yeah. as like a strange man thing and, and he's, he's like Midwest, Midwest right obvious. exactly obviously this why is why can't you just
2: it? be an exotic man in the Midwest you're a British man living in the Midwest Bob Shields <laughs> here I am yeah. but yeah so, gateway
1: uh, to the Midwest yeah sorry close but by
0: he, he does this whole thing where he's like uh, like the incredibly like I've just found you about to steal from me, uh, but I'm trying to be as overly kind as possible. All the more
2: reason to be British, uh, oh, or, or <laughs> all the more or reason Keanu to be Keanu yeah.
0: because he does this whole thing as like, well, you know, that's what it's like with your mama. Yeah, you, she, she knows she's got to love you even though she knows you hate her, kind of thing. And she does it, and it's like, wow, well, that was that sounds like it should be. It sounds like it was written for Keanu Reeves to mm. say. So I was Uh like, "This is this is the most Keanu Reevesy speech I've ever heard," and Sean Bean is
1: (laughs) (laughs) a person I would never have put in the same sentence with Keanu prior to this. (laughs) Very brief sidebar: Aaron Smith, if you're listening, just because Robin said Pittsburgh is in the Midwest, it is not. This is not a point in your argument's favor. What up, Smitty? You're right. (laughs) (laughs) You're not gateway.
3: Gateway to the Midwest.
1: Who would you have Keanu play?
3: I didn't think about this beforehand so making my like snap judgment right now I think the answer is Woody Harrelson because there is a like definite like mutual respect between like he's like yo you're making your own money in a really tough job he's like a former hockey star slash New York lawyer that's come back to his small town oh hey Keanu (laughs) Um, also like he needs to be hotter for that to be true than Woody Harrelson is I was like because they send the town sends the pretty person to New York Great, uh, true. And the like. I'm a regular guy that could be doing extraordinary things mm-hmm. kind yeah. of thing. That's is like, way of house. Exactly. It
0: wasn't very realistic that Michelle Monahan came on to him at the bar. No. And <laughs> he was Well,
3: I mean, and then and then that he would then turn her down, like <laughs> yeah. no. you know? I was yeah. like, Do you see that feathered hair? I Come on. Kind of enjoyed how Woody Harrelson was like the
2: pinnacle of masculinity in this film because it's funny. I just can't
1: accept Woody Harrelson as a movie star in any
2: capacity. Really?
3: I just Not even
2: Zombie
1: Flint. I have <laughs> seen Zombieland neither of these things. He's also great in Zombie Land. I think he's great. I don't I think, think he's, he's a bad actor but every time I see him on screen I'm like that guy?
3: That's okay. how I feel about
2: Jeremy Renner, who is who I would replace with Keanu, except no. I'm gonna back away from this. Please do, quickly. <laughs> I am glad that Jeremy Renner is in this film and is as gross as he is in this film, because when I say that I don't understand how Jeremy Renner is a movie star, I want to direct people to this film. Mm. That is how I see him in all
1: things. So mm. I Except bad. for
2: Ghost Protocol where he is perfect i have, like a separate person.
1: I have an important note about Jeremy Renner. Yeah, so I have long been like, why is this frog face dude a movie star? Uh-huh. On what universe should he be Jason Bourne, and not ours? Thanks. Yes, that's <laughs> and I am on the same page as you. And then I recently re-watched Ghost Protocol, and I was like... It's what? like a different wait, person. Wait. I was like, look at that charming motherfucker. And then I watched <laughs> Age of Ultron, which I'd never seen before. And I was like, oh, yeah. what?
3: what a little, Hawkeye. Hawkeye what a does little it.
1: sparkle he has in his eye. And even though he's trash in this, the moment he did karaoke, I was like, I'm on the other side now. <laughs> I'm on the other side now. All I right. see it, I'm like, fine, I'm in Cam Jeremy Renner is allowed to be a movie star. And I don't think that Woody Harrelson is terrible. I don't like, I'm like, oh that guy. I'm just always like... He seems like someone I would run into at like Silky's and be like, oh, do you wanna play shuffleboard? And then when I see him on the big screen, I'm not like, oh, like town guy made big. I'm just like, what are you doing here? Yeah, how did you get what?
3: No, I think he's got sexy Jack Johnson charm. Like he's like very I don't understand that
1: sentence on any level. (laughs) You're not alone though. I know a lot of people think he's hot.
3: Like hippie, like, I don't know. Maybe it's the, like, I think there used to be a term like ugly, cute kind of thing. Sexy, ugly. ugly. Yeah. yeah, something. Like, yeah. there's something.
1: I, my Keanu is also Woody Harrelson because I think that like he yeah. needs to be, like if he's the hotshot of the town, I just think he needs to be more conventionally hot. And he might be sexy, ugly for some people, but he's not sexy, ugly for me. He's just a dude. And also I want to choose to believe on some levels that like he leaves New York because he turned down.
2: Alfano's offer. <laughs> 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 because oh my god!
3: The-, the devil's advocate comes back around no. in the most perfect
2: way. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, to, to be, to be extent, fair, the universe, I ultimately decided not to take Jeremy Renner out of this movie, but I would rather uh, replace Corey Stoll um, oh, yeah. because yeah. for the same exact reason I replaced him in Dark Places yes. is that I'm like, you are, you are scary. I don't like you being a pseudo good guy. Right. So Keanu yeah. Reeves in that yeah. role. Yeah. Does, I hear that.
1: I hear that. I did
0: think that this was a better pairing of Woody Harrelson and Charlize Theron than it was in Battle in Seattle. I completely agree. Because that oh, was just weird and disjointed. Whereas and this, he seemed
2: much, much older than her in that and not in this for yes, whatever reason. Maybe made, it's the bad wig. Yeah.
0: This <laughs> made a lot more sense. Yeah. And they played it far better.
1: <laughs> I also, I will give the film credit because at the very end when she's like picking up her son from hockey practice with Woody Harrelson... He's like, oh, like your son tells me you won big, even though I'm the lawyer, so I should know this. He's like, oh, like I heard you got a big settlement. And she's like, haha, right. And then they yes. just go on as the sort of a like, you can do these kind of suits, but you're not actually
3: going to make millions of dollars. On I actually, well, he
1: says that too. He's like, even when you win, you lose. Yeah.
3: I actually, when I was like, when I saw the dollar amount, I was like, divided by 15. So they each get $233,000. And I was like, so in 1998, I mean, not like, was, if there's any relatives out there that would like to die and leave me that, i will gladly accept that. However, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so even in 1998, so <laughs> they get, yeah. they get.
1: of that. Right,
3: right? exactly. Because it's like the contingency fees and whatever. And it's also like,
1: how much was the mine owner making? Like, that's like basically like one year salary for him is like what they get for 15 years of an ongoing slog. Yeah. That doesn't seem right. I do
2: want to say one more thing about this movie, which is that Nikki Caro directed it, who directed Whale Rider.
0: And oh, she,
2: I don't, I don't, Yeah keep going She is uh, Slated to direct Disney's live action Mulan Ooh,
3: Okay nice Although it. that
2: just Got pushed back Two years So I, hopefully She's still available But she, that will make Her the second woman Given 100 million
3: dollar Plus budget After Ava after, Ava didn't get that I thought mm-hmm. she got it For Wrinkle in Time Oh well then maybe This
2: was outdated information Yeah she oh, did, crap Yeah uh,
3: she, she got over 100 million For okay. Wrinkle
2: in Time Oh, so That's not cheap but What it said On her Wikipedia page Is so she's the second woman To get a 100 million dollar Plus budget it for a movie After Patty Jenkins Oh So I was like yeah. Oh so the key is Direct Charlie Slayer To an Oscar nomination Wait 15 years And then you get A hundred million dollars
1: Or be as brilliant And talented as Ava DuVernay So uh, another thing I want to say Before we leave Is I'm obsessed With Bob Dylan Which most people know And I I've never seen a movie not about Bob Dylan have so many Bob Dylan it's songs in it. Very Bob Dylan heavy. And, and deep cuts. Deep cuts. Uh, <laughs> I found it distracting because like those were the only moments where I was like, I can stop crying so I can just sing along to Lay Lady Lay for a little bit <laughs> and cheer up. <laughs> so I was glad to have him there.
2: Also, they filmed this in actual Minnesota and they filmed part of it in Bob Dylan's hometown of Hibbing. Which
1: mm. Ron Hitchcock and I have been to. Drop. Yes, very
2: exciting. <laughs> anyway, it made me happy.
0: All right. Do You guys know where you're ranking no. it. Uh, I'm going to rank this. Um, it's a hard a movie to rank because it's hard to say that I really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. uh, and it's also I'm like, it's interesting. Um, it's hard to recommend because, mm. like, while the performances are uh, are killer and uh, it is about an interesting topic and certainly an important movie that certainly like um, made me hyper conscious. Of sexual harassment for a minute. Uh, I, I do, I'm just like, I only really enjoyed watching about a third of it. So I'm putting it just below my recommendation threshold, which is insultingly Mighty Joe Young. Ah, <laughs> Mighty Joe
2: Young was way better Than we ever gave it credit for So this one <laughs> so is fun.
0: This one is knocking Legend of Bagger Vance uh, Off of its uh, place just below. So It's be, it's between Mighty Joe Young And Legend of Bagger Vance
1: And very similar content to both films Exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also found this very difficult As I've repeatedly said But I also try to rank Based on Charlize's performance And she's in this a ton Acting and stuff but I am also ranking it below Mighty Joe Young, but a few below it. I'm gonna put it below the Road. Um, and what above Trial and Error? Because honestly, I might watch the Road before I watch this <gasps>
3: what you are whiling. This is <laughs> best- uh-uh. I'm gonna throw out there. No more midweek television for you. <laughs> you need Saturday morning only. I just. Oh my god. Well, like here's
1: here's the thing that I wanted to say is like. <laughs> Instead of what, like, because I wouldn't necessarily recommend it be like, hey guys, go watch this. I'm sort of like, if you want to, I would say, if you want to learn about it, like, I would rather read the book that this was based on. And I would say, like, read Susan Faludi's Backlash, which also talks about, like, working class uh, sexual harassment and, like, it, problems in factories. I don't know. It just felt a little unrelenting to me. So I'm, um, I, I, and might I, also, be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also,
3: North Country. North Country. I also <laughs> think that, that the
1: road got pushed up. After recording for me, because you were so sad, I felt like I had to be like, "No, it's okay." So I think I am misremembering remembering my experience of watching the road, which I remember being like, "This is pretty fucking bleak. I don't really like this." But now it has. But, you were like, but I didn't have us cry fast over it. So but I, I was must like, have liked it more. But I was like, no. But I want Robin to be okay. So I want this movie to have been better than it possibly was. <laughs> so as you can tell, it's a very scientific, not at all emotional ranking. <laughs> I I am.
2: Gonna just preface this by saying I am not doing what you did. I had previously chosen my ranking because it is very high. I'm putting this one below Kubo in the
1: two strings. Whoa! And wow. above Atomic Blonde. I really, Whoa!
2: really liked this movie. Whoa! But, yeah.
1: I also, like, similar to Bob, I think, like, my watch recommendation threshold, like, and there, there, I feel like I have two. I have a watch recommendation where I'm like, this is actually good versus like, hey, you're sick and this is a dumb movie. It's fun. I'm, it's whether or not I think you should
2: watch it if you like good movies versus you should watch it because you will have a good time. Okay. That's sort yeah. of right. Right. This is, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this to people because it is difficult to
3: watch. You know, it's so funny that you see that is that I would have never seen this movie had not... It been assigned for <laughs> the right thing How, here. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and it was definitely when it was over, I definitely was like. I'm glad I saw this. Yes. And, which is why, that's what my, like, to reflect back to my sound at the beginning is, like, as much as I have, like, some issues with it, I think the reason why I'm so critical of it is it had the potential to Mm -hmm. be amazing between all of the actors and the subject matter and everything. I was like, this should be next level, and I wonder if it's a little bit of, like, you know, you threw too much in the stew. And, Mm. I would love to see
1: the HBO miniseries of this,
3: where it's like you actually get
1: into how hard it is to work in the mind which we never really see and like you actually get to see really? these things pass over time and the longevity it takes for it. I'm like I- would you I'm be ready for, the for, the for that emotional
3: journey because it sounds yeah
1: <laughs> but I feel like that would have done a better job for it yeah I will
0: say it's a much bigger movie than I thought it was like I assumed it was going to be like a small sort of Aaron Brockovich light Mm, kind of because uh, the only thing I knew going into it was that Charlie worked in a mine, and at some point she was incredulous in a break room. Uh, because that's the screenshot that was shared uh, when it came <laughs> out it was, it's her with the rock marks on her face looking angry at oh, someone uh. at, at lunch. Uh, and that's the only thing i knew about it so i was like oh she's discovered some kind of corruption or scandal or something i didn't realize she was that you know the scandal mm. and you know was the center of it all so i was like well this is much more
1: powerful and interesting than i thought it was but it's also
0: very hard to
1: recommend i would say like for me like as you know i was very reluctant to watch monster but i think that mm. that is a beautiful film in addition to be like i'm like that is a movie i probably like would recommend and have recommended and be like you should watch this again because in addition to telling a very difficult and painful story the way in which it was told and the way in which it was filmed and written and performed elevates it whereas i feel like this is a very compelling story that for me was not put together in that type of way for me it was so thank you for listening guys oh my gosh goodness thank you See. Yeah! what a privilege.
2: Thanks for me. having me. I, I wish, wish you lived here and you'd just be like, cool, you're on the show
3: now. <laughs> Ultimate praise, totally taking it in.
1: Because <laughs> we've had three out-of-state guests on our podcast. I feel very special. Speaking of out-of-state guests. Thank you to Alex Reed for our theme song mm-hmm. and thank you to Christopher Alabama Maxwell and Brad Davis for being our guests previously and you guys should check out their new podcast. Yeah! Which is, uh, the trailer just came out this week so please go listen to it. Death at Sunset. The current one is High on Film which you can also listen to in its Twilight era in that it's going away not the are watching. We are also one. in our Twilight era.
0: Again there, yeah. I don't like to
2: talk about that. Okay. <laughs> um, but I've... we will never die. No.
0: <laughs> which I've just made sure of because I have a little housekeeping note which is is... Uh, I just migrated our podcast to some new hosting. It should be pretty seamless and no one should encounter any issues. But if you do, and you g- therefore can't hear this, but if you know someone who is <laughs> having that problem, search for us again and re add us to your subscriptions.
1: Also, I find it is fun to watch a TV show that everyone's obsessed with and like come in late and like do all the catch up and then be like, oh, I'm there for the end together. So if you've been waiting to recommend this podcast to a friend, now is a great time because we are in the final countdown race. Got a huge back catalog now. This is our 40th episode. Couldn't help myself. So Charlize um, Charlie Starrin has a movie coming out this week, Gringo. Our plan is to see it
2: and to record it next yeah, week. Yeah, I've got a lot of Twitter ads for it and oh, I'm kind me of too. like guys, I'm gonna
1: see it. <laughs> <laughs> that will be our next episode. So, you can also see it opening weekend to give Charlies a bump. Looking forward to that. But one. really, you should go see Wrinkle in Time. Let's be real. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, oh, I don't want to see Gringo before I see Wrinkle in Time. That's wrong.
2: <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, guys. But most of all, thank you, Charlies.
1: Now you By Jeremy Renner with ridiculous but also weirdly endearing hair. All of the <laughs> hair in this movie is ridiculous and weirdly endearing. No, not Charlize's sure not I, I, I was like, right, that's no, like the worst I've of her hair. Charlize
0: has the whiskers are we haircut? Oh yes he does. <laughs> oh
1: my god. We're gonna do a side by side comparison. That, that hair. Whiskers are we. It's hair
2: that would have been very fashionable in no in. <laughs> in no. Working class Minnesota no. in 89.
3: I have a note right here. And oh, no? I literally this the note is bad wig.